Hi, this is Pastor Philip Lin, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Skyline SIB. Welcome to the Skyline SIB podcast. We're so glad that you're taking time to tune in. Whatever you may be going through, God is with you, and we hope that this message will encourage and inspire you to draw closer to Him. Enjoy the message. that is in between. How are you doing today, church? Good. In the first service, I asked them, how are you doing today? And they said, woohoo. So, <laughs> a lot of woohoos in the uh, first service. Now, today, it is my joy, it is my privilege to come back and to bring the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word this morning? Let's quickly pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that it is alive. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces, divides bone and marrow, judges our attitudes and thoughts. So today, as much as we come before your word, Lord, we ask that your word would read our hearts. And today, we just want to encounter you through your word. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. Well, I know last week Pastor Josh said that he was preaching the last sermon on the kingdom of God, but surprise, it's not him, it is me. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, is this on? There we go. Okay, so we are going to go and look at this parable in Matthew 13. If you like taking down notes, it's called the sower, seed, and soil. Sower, seed, and soil. It's a, you know, it's one of the more well-known parables, not just because I'm preaching it today, but because it's recorded in all the synoptic gospels. And actually, if you read the account in the book, in the gospel of Mark, Mark actually records Jesus saying this to the disciples. He says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So there's something in this parable that helps us to unlock what God wants to say through his word, through the other parables that we have learned. And our hope here in Skyline is really that as you come to church on Sunday and you get the Word of God, is that you don't just take it on the Sunday and go your merry way, but that it would build in your life, it would grow in your life, that you will continue just to enjoy the Word of God because so much of it is to be enjoyed. Amen? Okay, so I want you to imagine with me the setting for this parable in Matthew 13. Jesus, he's sitting on a boat just off the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he's speaking to a crowd that is gathered on the shore. Think about the people who would have been gathered there as Jesus was preaching. This was in the first century. A lot of most people were farmers. It was an agricultural society. And so the picture that Jesus is going to use of a sower or a farmer sowing seeds is something that would be very, very familiar to the audience at that time. And of course, this is intentional. Why? Because Jesus, he's using something that is familiar to them to explain something that is foreign. And this is the story. I'd love for us to read this together. Ready? One, two, go. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. 
As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Let's continue. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Turn to your neighbor. Just check if they've got ears. Ch turn to your second choice neighbor. <laughs> Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the parable that Jesus told the crowd. After this, the disciples actually come to him. They ask him, why do you speak in parables? And we get a section of about seven, eight verses uh, that, you know, we're not able to look at today, but I believe it, it contains actually the literary tool that will help us interpret this parable. So this is a summary of what is said. We're not going to read it because it's so tiny for you, but I want you to observe three words that really get repeated in this pericope, and that's hear or hearing, understand, and heart. If we observe, we see these words come up repeatedly. Now, Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture, and Jesus himself, he will then go on to to his disciples. Let's read together. Ready? One, two, go. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Last, let's keep going. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. We are going to use three pictures today or three images to understand this parable. And the first picture that we're going to use is the picture of the sower. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about farming today. But in the first century, this is how a farmer would sow. He would have a bag or a satchel that was full of seeds and he would walk around his land and he would take handfuls of seed and just scatter them all across the land that he would was walking on. So there's none of the modern day farming that we think about. It's really the sower taking out handfuls of seeds and sowing them around. What does he do? What do we observe? He just scattered them everywhere. The word of God that we read earlier tells us that the seed actually falls on four types of soil. So what does it tell us about the way that this farmer is sowing? It doesn't matter what kind of soil it is. He just seems to be sowing the seed, scattering it everywhere. How is he doing it? He's doing it, I would say he's doing it generously. He's just walking around. You know, he's not just taking one seed here and one seed there. No, he takes a handful of seed, scatters it around. 
He's sowing generously. He is sowing liberally. Here's another word. He's sowing prodigally. And if you are familiar with the Bible, that comes from another parable, the parable of the prodigal son. But if you read that parable, you realize that it's actually the father who is extremely prodigal. Prodigal means to sow in such a way that is lavish and extravagant, almost wasteful. That's the image of the sower, of the farmer that we have in mind as we look at this parable. How, how is he sowing? He's sowing in this way. Why? Uh, what kind of a person would sow like this? You know, it reminds me of just a couple of months ago. You see, my dad and my brother, they love fish. They love fishing fish. They love rearing fish. They want to sell fish, and they also want to eat fish. So we have a little pond at home, and so my dad was telling me, can you please go and order 1,000 fish fry to put into this pond? And I said, 1,000? The pond is not even that big. The fish are just going to die because they're going to be competing with each other for food and oxygen. All the ammonia is going to build up. They're not going to survive. And then my dad says, no, 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 you, you still have to order 1,000 because, you know, at least 30 to 40% are not going to make it. And of course, in my non-fisherman or non-farmer mind, I'm like, then why don't we just get 600 fishes instead of the 1,000? But he said, it doesn't work that way. If you take 600, you'll get even less. And the only way to secure a lucrative harvest is by sowing generously. Amen? That's the first thing that we observe about the sower. He just sows liberally. He sows generously. And yeah, he understands that some seeds will be lost along the way. But he knows that the return is going to be worth all that wastage. Here's the second thing that we observe about the sower. It is this, that he sows on whatever kind of soil he comes across. He's not worried about the path. He's not worried about whether there's rocky ground or thorny ground. He just takes his seeds out and he sows. So what if it lands on the pavement? So what if it lands on the thorny ground? So what if it lands on the rocky ground? He's just sowing. You know what that tells us? This guy, this sower, he's undeterred by the kind of ground that he is up against. What does that tell us about what he believed he would reap? What does that tell us about our own sowing? Of whether it's the gospel or whether it is the kingdom of God that we're sowing to the lives of other people around us. What does that tell us? This guy was just sowing regardless of where he was. He was undeterred by the kind of ground that he was up against. So two things we observe about the sower. The first thing, he sowed generously. He sowed liberally. He sowed even prodigally, wastefully even almost. And up, up against whatever ground he faced, he just kept sowing. And you must understand that whenever we talk about the kingdom of God, the very nature of the kingdom of God is life. Amen. The very nature of the kingdom of God is growth. And the only way that anything is going to grow has to firstly start with sowing the seed. Sowing the seed. So when we think about this sower and the way that he sowed, we have to see in our minds even as he sows on whatever ground it is, you know what? Something's going to grow. 
something's going to grow. Doesn't matter whether it's a pavement, well, something's going to, I'm just going to sow. I will sow on every inch of the land that I have. I don't care what kind of soil it is because I have the seed and I'm going to sow it. That's the sower that we see in Matthew chapter 13. He's undeterred by the type of ground and he sows generously. Are there any sowers here in the house today? Give me a wave. Okay, 10 of you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the second picture that we're going to use to understand this parable. It is the seed. Now, this picture, I think, is rather misleading because I don't know of any farmer who will plant so properly and carefully. I almost think this farmer maybe has slight OCD because it's so nicely aligned and everything, but it's a great aesthetic picture. However, in the first century, a farmer that we see is a handful of seeds and pop, just scatter them everywhere. So we know that a farmer goes out to sow his. Now, the seed for a farmer, the very life of his garden, the very life of his field, the very life of his farm is actually contained in that small seed. Because inside the seed are the raw materials for a transformational miracle. A seed can grow into a plant, it can grow into a tree that then goes on to produce fruit. And we know that from this series as well, that the smallest of seeds can become the largest of trees. So right now, it's time to check in on the mustard seeds that you picked up here in church a couple of months ago. How many of you went home and planted them? Give me a wave. Now nobody wants to wave at me because they'll get called out. <laughs> but I want to show you uh, somebody here in Skyline who was very diligent and went on to plant her mustard seeds. And uh, so she got the mustard seeds and she started planting them. And then I remember in April, we were, we were still on this series in April, and we talked about the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast. And so I asked her for an update. How's your mustard seed going? And she showed me this picture in April 2023. And then just a couple of days ago, a few days ago, I asked for a latest update. And are you excited? Yeah. Say all the people who did not plant their seeds. <laughs> this is what it looked like just a couple of days ago. Yeah, so good. Talk about real-life application, okay? I will be very honest with you and tell you that I did try to plant my seeds. Uh, but they did not grow. And as we go through the message today, you will understand what I'm talking about because uh, the, there were a lot of uh, rocks in the ground and weeds started growing. And uh, if you know this parable, you know where that's going as well. So um, I need to um, plow the ground, okay? <laughs> Verse 19 in this passage will tell us what the seed is. Very clearly, it says... The message about the kingdom. The seed is the message about the kingdom, okay? And we know that Jesus, he came, he came proclaiming the kingdom of God. And so in this context, the seed is 
the word that is Jesus, because John 1.14, he came, became flesh, okay? But the word is also the word which is being preached right now, going out online to all of you who are watching online. Those of you who are listening here, that is also the message about the kingdom. How else can we understand the seed? It is the message about the kingdom of God, the establishment about the kingdom of God, the life of the kingdom of God, the growth of the kingdom of God. It's revelation. These are all ways in which the seed goes out. But here's the thing about seeds, right? It is that ultimately, if the seed remains unplanted, then all that tremendous, miraculous, transformational material inside of it will remain locked up in that kernel. For the seed to do what it has to do, to grow, to thrive, it has to be planted. And the first step to planting is what? Scattering the seed. Because the seed simply cannot do its work in the wrong environment. And that will bring us to our next image. So we've looked at the sower, we've looked at the seed, and now we are going to look at the third picture, which is the soil. So... This is how Jesus talks about it. He talks about the farmer. He talks about the seed. And then he comes to the soil. And what Jesus does is he uses four types of soil to illustrate the different hearts that the word of God falls on. We know that he's talked about the path or the pavement. Really, it's a place where people would walk on. And you know, if it's a path that people walk on, eventually the earth gets impacted. It gets really hard and tight together. So that's what the path is. He also talks about the seed falling on rocky ground. He talks about the seed falling on thorny ground. And then he talks about how some of the seed landed on good soil. And what I love about this image is that progressively the soil gets better. Progressively the soil gets better. These are not static categories, but rather we see that a path when dealt with rightly can become rocky ground, loosened up, can become thorny ground, and eventually it can all become good soil. So I want to encourage you all today. Maybe you walked in here and you're saying, you know, Pastor Rach, my heart is a bit rocky. There's a lot of rocks in my life, rocks in my heart. Can I encourage you today? We can all be better soil. We can all be better soil. So now let's look at the first type of soil, the path. If we think about the first century farmer going about scattering the seeds all over his land, he's just scattering them everywhere. It doesn't matter what's, what kind of soil that is, what kind of soil, whatever it is, just sow the seed. He just scatters it. But actually, one of the biggest liabilities for a farmer who was scattering their seed was really the birds. Because when the birds would see all these seeds scattered, you know what? Man, it's a buffet. It is a buffet for the birds. And they see, oh, Mr. Farmer has come out and sown all these seeds. It's my time to come. And so this, they come on and they eat the seeds, okay? And uh, we see in Scripture what we do, what Jesus says, okay? He says this. This is what the path is, okay? The path is... When seeds are sown, people hear about the message of the kingdom, but they do not understand it. 
So then Satan, the evil one, comes and snatches away whatever was sown. That's the image of the seed that is sown along the path. And so, you know, it's um, people, you can think of it this way, people who do not internalize the gospel because maybe it was so quickly, so quickly, it was just snatched away by the enemy. Uh, People who have maybe heard but no opportunity to respond to the good news. So their hearts are never really softened through conviction. Repentance never really takes place. There's no conviction. In a way, when the gospel is presented to them, they begin to get more, you know, preoccupied with all the material things of the world. They're consumed with the world's entertainment, the sparkly and the bobbly things, that the kingdom message has no way to actually have any significant influence. So here's the thing. I think when we think about this passage, we, partic- we particularly like to think of people who we think are like pavement. Wow, you know, I sowed into this person the last 20 years. My goodness, the ground is so hard. Nothing is growing. Nothing is taking place. Hey, friend, can I encourage you? Sow anyway. That's what the farmer did, right? He just sowed. Just keep sowing. But I also want to say this, that I think sometimes... There are areas of our own hearts and our own lives that are like pavement. There are areas of our own lives that are hard, hard ground. And maybe it's been caused by disappointment. Maybe it's been caused by hurt. Maybe it's just been the culture of the day has come and infiltrated the values that we have. And our hearts have become hard. The good news is that all soil can get progressively better. Amen? So what do you do with the path? You have to plow the ground. And plowing the ground is not an easy thing to do. Because when you think about soil or the path or the pavement, it's hard stuff, you know. Something has to go in and hammer it, break it up. And then sometimes... Some people only learn things the hard way. And I remember having this kind of situation where, you know, I'm walking with some people and no matter the counsel or the advice or the sowing of the seed, they're just not receiving it. And then God has to do something. God has to be the one to break up that ground. What does that mean? Does that mean that our job stops? No, it doesn't. You know why? Because we are to keep sowing. Amen? It's not easy work breaking up, the env- breaking up the pavement. So you know what? Leave that to God and just sow anyway. Just sow anyway. If you're thinking of somebody in your life who you've been trying to sow the gospel to, who you've been trying to share the love of God with, and they've been so difficult, so hard of heart, you know what? Don't stop sowing. Keep on sowing. And God will be the one who will do the mysterious work of plowing up that ground. Amen? Here's the second type of soil that we see. It is rocky ground. And this is what the scripture tells us. Some of the seed, it just fell on these rocky places that didn't have much soil. The soil was actually thin. It was shallow. And so what happens was when the sun came up, it scorched the plants. And they withered, not because the sun was so hot, but they withered because... 
Then Jesus tells us that this seed refers, uh, this soil refers to the seed falling on, on rocky ground. It's the, one, the person who hears the word and receives it with joy, but because they have no root, it only lasts a short time. In a way, sometimes we can think about this picture of people who so easily respond to the gospel. They receive it and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is exactly what we want. But then tough times come. Trials and tribulations come. And then they fall away. They are very sincere in their faith. But as the gospel seeds try to make roots into their heart, they're met with so much resistance. And it reminds me of this thought really is that we can come to church every week and we can get excited and we can get into the flow of things but you know what we might not actually be growing because when we are faced with trials and tribulations we give up so easily we give up and that's the kind of seed that falls on rocky ground remember again it's not that the fact that the sun was scorching that the plants withered and died the plants withered and died. Why? Because they had no roots. In life, Jesus promises us we will have trouble. Not maybe you will have trouble, but you will have trouble. But he gives us his encouragement by saying, take heart. Why? Because he has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. So, Rocky ground, shallow soil, roots are not able to develop. No roots, no endurance. No roots, no resilience. What do you do? What do you do with rocky ground? Whether it's in somebody whose life you're sowing into, or whether it's in your own life that you know there's rocky ground. Well, we know we have to continue plowing the ground because plowing the ground will loosen up those rocks and, you know, surface them so we can remove them. But also, here's another thing you can do. So you can continue to plow, and here's the other thing you can do. Courtesy of SuccessfulFarming.com. How to deal with rocky soil. You can build it up. So as you plow the soil of your heart. As you scatter seed on whatever soil you come across, you know what else you can do? You can build up the soil. You can build up that soil, whatever soil. Maybe in your life, there's all these rocks in that soil of your heart, things that are just causing you to be unable to build roots deep. You know what? Can I encourage you today? Build your soil up. How can you build it up? Let's come back to the basics. We build it up with the Word of God. Amen? We build it up by surrounding ourselves in community of believers. That's why we encourage you to go to Connect Group. That's why we encourage you to come to and, and meet together here to worship together. If you're watching online, we love you, but we miss you. Come back. Come back. Build up the soil of your life, my friend. Come back. What's the other way we can build up the soil of our lives, of our heart? It is through prayer. So these things, there are ways that we can deal with our hearts, with the soil of our hearts. Plow the ground to build it up. The third type of soil that Jesus brings us to is thorny ground. 
thorny ground, and these are the scriptures. It says, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And then Jesus tells us that the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, rendering it unfruitful. You know, soil is very, very deceptive. You can look at it and plant something in it thinking it's good soil, but there are these little fibrous roots of weeds hidden somewhere in the soil that just are waiting for that opportunity to spring up and to grow up and to take over. And this is what happened to the mustard seed that I planted in my pots. I realized that very quickly because I saw, I wish I, I had a picture which I forgot to put in, but I saw something growing. And I was like, oh my gosh, the mustard seed is growing. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And they're like, no, actually, that's a weed. Oh, great. So, the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. They come up, they choke the word, they render it unfruitful. So, the heart of the thorny soil is somewhat like this, right? It's enthusiastic. It receives the seed of the kingdom of God. It receives the seed of the gospel. But it's too easily distracted by what the world has to offer. You see, the problem is not that there is no soil. The problem is not that the soil is unfertile. The problem is all the other stuff that is growing in that soil. That's the issue with the thorny soil. The heart of the thorny soil is too busy grasping at everything out there in life and holding on to the wrong things. It's a question of priorities. And focus. We know that the seed grew, but alongside it, other things grew. The worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. It's not that these things that we give our hearts to are necessarily bad things. We think about our family, our business, our plans. But the problem is whenever any of these things take the number one place in our heart, we have got an idol. And that's what's happened in this thorny soil. You note this phrase that Jesus uses. He says, the deceitfulness of wealth. It's not wealth per se. It's the deceitfulness of wealth because when wealth becomes an idol, that is exactly when it becomes deceitful. That is what idols are. They promise all these things and yet they cannot deliver. Why? Because they are counterfeit. No idol will ever be able to truly satisfy the longings of our human heart. And that's what happens to this kind of thorny soil. These things come up, the weeds come up, they crowd out what should be bearing fruit. But again, we think about our farmer, our sower. Doesn't matter if it's thorny ground, he's still sowing. Amen? So I encourage you, continue to sow. Even if it's thorny ground, even if it's rocky ground, our job is to sow. But here's what we can do when we have thorny ground. We 
can weed. And here's the thing about weeding. You can weed today, and then tomorrow you have to weed again. Because for whatever reason, oh, that thing just came up again. And, uh, you know, weeding, it's, it's, we have to think about our life priorities in this way, right? It's never just a one-time decision that we get our priorities right. Because the minute we organize ourselves and we are, God, I have you as the priority and we have things sorted out and, you know, we, we think we've, we've done what we're supposed to do, we have aligned, we've pulled out that misplaced priority only for a hundred other ones to take its place. So you know what? We need to be single-minded, as followers, as believers, as children, sons and daughters of God, we must learn to be single-minded. And pulling out the weeds is not doing today and tomorrow, no need to do. It's do every day, every day, until we see and meet the Lord and are together in heaven. Then I think we don't have to do any more weeding. Hallelujah. Okay? So pull the weeds. Pull the weeds. And here's the fourth type of soil, the good soil. And what does Jesus say? Still other, soil, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160, 30. Then he says, whoever has ears, let them hear. And this is what the seed falling on good soil refers to. It is the person who not only hears the word, but understands it. And I think sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, I understand the word of God. I know what it's saying, but let's see. Let's look at this word better. Uh, good soil is great. Sometimes you just get that crop that you were looking for and everything blooms and blossoms. And we want that for our lives, amen? But the truth is we will have to contend with different types of soil in our hearts, in our lives as we go through this journey called life. And if we look at this good soil, it's about hearing the word and understanding it. What does this actually mean? Understand in this passage. If you look earlier, remember we talked about those three words that keep appearing in that middle section of this passage, of this parable. Hear or hearing, understand and heart. If we look at the word understand in this portion, comes from the Greek root word tsunami. And it means not just to understand cerebrally, not just to be able to say one plus one equals two, but it is really to discern and to do the preferred will of God. Which is what? What does that mean? What does that call for? It calls for obedience. So it's not just hearing and knowing and thinking we have it all together in our mind. But it is what is that word doing in your life? Is it tutoring you to obedience? Because it is when we walk in obedience that we actually begin to bear fruit. Galatians 5, we know, we know this very, very well. It's all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against all this. There is no law. But how do we get these fruits to bear? We have to hear and understand, i.e. do the will of God. We must hear his word and walk in obedience. And that is how we will be able to produce a bountiful crop. Do you know that in the first century um, kind of setting of farming, even to get seven times of what you sowed was an incredibly bountiful harvest. And in this passage, Jesus talks about a harvest that is a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. 
Why? Because it's about his economy. It's about his scale. It's about what happens when we choose to be obedient by scattering the seed of his gospel of the kingdom of God and seeing God multiply it, not us. Our job is just to scatter the seed, my friend, and the rest we leave it to God. So I ask this question today. What soil represents your heart? What soil represents your heart? Sometimes it's easy to think that because we come to church and we do our part in serving, we go to connect group, we do all the right things that we are good soil. But I want to remind us today lovingly, humbly, that any growth that we have is really by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God. If you go back to that center portion of scripture, it says, it is to you, it is given to understand. So it is by the grace of God that we have the revelation of the word of God. Amen. That we have the revelation of his word in our hearts, in our lives. Any growth that takes place is really because of the power of what God has in the seed that he supplies, in the seed that he provides. And at the end of the day, when that seed is planted in our hearts, then it becomes, it begins to grow, becomes a plant. And that is God's work, God's word at work in our hearts. It's Jesus transforming us every day. It's every day, the Holy Spirit tutoring our hearts, helping us grow to be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. All of these, they leave no room for our boasting about whether we are good soil. Instead, it is all about the goodness of God, because to bear fruit, it is the work of God. Honestly, I think for all of us, we will be different types of soil in different seasons of our lives. There are things that we will go through that can cause some hardening of our hearts. There are things that we'll go through that, you know, will reveal the weeds and, and things like that. So we're not good soil today and forever. It takes work. It's our responsibility to cultivate the soil of our hearts. The rest, we trust God. We leave it to God. What does it mean to leave it to God? It means to yield to God and to let Him do that work within your heart. As we close, I want to come back to the sower. And uh, I think we know, we can see that in this context, we would say the sower is Jesus. Okay, Jesus is the sower. Uh, he spends three years of his life sharing the message of the kingdom. He gets different results, okay? Uh, but also, you know what else? The church is the sower. We think back to last week's message. This message that we have, the kingdom message that we have is not meant to be kept for ourselves. It's meant to be sown out generously, liberally, and, uh, you know, one of the great things I think about when we think about the seed is really when we're talking about the seed of the gospel or the seed of the kingdom of God, one of the biggest reasons why we can afford to sow so generously, sow so liberally, sow so prodigally, you know why? It's because the seed will never run out. Because it's God's seed. God supplies the seed. And God, who does God supply the seed to? This is in Corinthians. God supplies the seed to the sower. It doesn't supply the seed to the eater, to the hoarder, to the complainer. God supplies the seed to the sower. So we need to be sowing. Amen.
I'll tell you a quick story uh, about how I got to do a wedding for somebody very close to me. And um, this was in a very different context because they're not churched people. But for whatever reason, they wanted a Christian blessing, a Christian wedding. And so I had to be really clear. Do you really understand what this means? Because I only do Christian weddings. <laughs> I don't know how to do a civil wedding, you know. So, yeah, yeah. And because this was in a different context where, you know, there's, you know, wokeism and stuff like that. I didn't know who would be there. And I said, uh, if you're going to get me to do your wedding, I will talk about God. And God is a he. Uh, I will talk. <laughs> now, just to be clear. Just to be clear, because, you know, okay, and I will talk about Jesus Christ and about marriage being that image, that picture of Christ and his bride, okay? That's what I'm going to talk about. And I said, yeah, 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 okay, that's okay. Thank you so much for checking with us, but that's fine. You go ahead. And so I did the wedding and uh, and a bit nervous because not quite sure what to expect because it was in Skyline where you all are so nice and pleasant. <laughs> uh, but there I went. And I had these set things, you know, I had prepared all the things I want to say. And then, and then when it came to just giving the short message, I just couldn't help it. I just talked about Jesus the whole way, you know. And, and, uh, and, and, and I remember, because it was part of the message anyway, that's what marriage is, right? The picture of, of Jesus and the bride and all. Okay. And uh, at the end of the, the service, I remember just thinking, hmm, I wonder what I have done. Uh, <laughs> The good news is I don't live here, so I think I'll be okay. I'll just leave and go back to Malaysia. Uh, <laughs> but um, so many people uh, after came up and just... It's really interesting, right? Because the people who are involved are not really churched people. But they came up and they said, thank you so much for what you shared. That's given me something to think about. And um, I've never actually heard um, a, a wedding done that way. I've never been to a wedding that was done that way. And... Then I came back very humbled before God. And then I just realized, you know what? We just got to sow. You just got to sow wherever you are, whatever it is. You just have to sow. So I encourage you. This sower, he was undeterred by the amount of seed that he had. It was unlimited, so he just sowed everywhere. He was undeterred by the condition of the ground. So it didn't matter whether it was pavement or thorny or rocky or good soil. He would just sow everywhere. I want to encourage us all to walk in that sow. Uh, sowing and growing. And that's how, that's how I'm going to end today. I think this parable leaves us with two responses. The first, that is, we must grow. Amen. It's the nature of the kingdom of God. We must grow. Because the kingdom of God, in order to expand, has to grow. It's about growth. It's about growth. So we have to get busy growing, my friends. We are the field and God wants our lives to be fruitful. And can I encourage you today, it doesn't matter whether you are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, your life can bear fruit. It does not matter what season you find yourself in. When you are in the will of God, He will cause you to bear fruit. What do you have to do? Scatter the seed. So get busy growing. Second thing, Get busy sowing because we are also the farmers that God looks to to expand the yield of his crop. Get busy growing, get busy sowing. And the only way to really summarize that is to say, grow as you sow and sow as you grow. Because by doing that, we are tapping into the life of the kingdom of God. And that force is unstoppable. Amen.
How many of you here, you say, oh, Pastor Rich, I want to be a grower. Yeah, come on, give God a big hand. Yeah, how many of you here, you say, you want to be a sower for the kingdom of God. Come on, why don't you be upstanding? I want to pray for us today, this morning as we come. All hands lifted up and hearts open. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts this morning. Oh Lord, we come to you. Our hearts are open. Our hands are lifted to you, oh God. God, we want to come and we ask God, make us a sower. Help us, oh God, to be courageous in all that we do so that everywhere we go, we will sow the seed of your kingdom, sow the seed of your gospel. God, we pray that we will be a people who are not intimidated or thrown aback, but a kind of ground that we face, that in whatever situation, we will sow liberally, we will sow generously, we will sow expecting a harvest, because that is the nature of your kingdom. And God, I pray for every heart today, God, we want to grow. We want to continue growing in who you have called us to be. So right now, we speak to the areas of our life that have rocks, that have pavement, that have thorny ground. Holy Spirit, will you come and reveal this to us? Will you help us to walk through, to work through, so that this church can be a church that will grow for the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. You have called us to be sowers and you have called us to be growers. Thanks so much for listening. If you need prayer or want to be a part of our family, visit us at SkylineSIB.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at SkylineSIB. Remember, you are highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Have a great week.